Don't stop. Chris was just talking about his new uh, song for uh, <coughs> Level 7 event. We were recording. <laughs> I was asking. Yeah, <coughs> 7 event, new music is out. It's happening. It's, well, it's not out. It comes out next week. We're going to play it on the show next week. Yeah. As a treat for everybody. Yeah. And it's got a special line for some local football fans in there. Fans of the light blue persuasion, which we don't so, speak about. We don't speak about and that. And we still speak about it too much. But you are listening to County Live uh, with me, Martin Johnston. Over there. Over here. And me, Chris Rodway. Over there, on that side of the desk. We a little bit unusual, a bit topsy turvy tonight because speaking before you've spoken to Jim, yeah. So we don't know what he's going to say. I can tell how you. furious he's going to be, <laughs> yeah. how happy he's going to be. I can guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll try and get a player if you can. Yeah. Um, but coming off the back of a pretty good result, really against File, very frustrating that didn't win a game that was winnable. <laughs> it was a whole range of emotions going home because it's very frustrating. Because we've had a couple of decent chances to score and not taken them. But then you think, if you're in a position where it's frustrating that you haven't comfortably beaten a team in the playoffs in the division above you, I think you're in an okay place. Um, we absolutely, tactically, physically, um, mentally, out, outclassed file at the weekend. Now, that by no stretch of the imagination means job done and we can all take Saturday easily. Saturday will be tougher than last Saturday. Because Fylde will come again knowing that they have to get a result now. Uh, and they've got that danger man, Danny Rowe, there, who you, you just can't take your eye off him for a second. Uh, it didn't happen for him last Saturday. That doesn't mean it won't happen this Saturday. Um, so, huge ask, but at the same time, overjoyed that we've not been turned over by Fylde. Frustrated that we've not beaten Fylde. Happy that we've not been overjoyed, not been overturned, but at the same time, competing with them so on and so forth and excited because if we win on Saturday Martin you and I are taking the show on the road we're off to Wembley (laughs) we are off to Wembley Um, but let's listen to Chris's interview with Jim and then we'll pick up about the game in more detail the futuristic one yeah that's right Jim in the future (laughs) this this is Jim Gannon in the future in space (laughs) (laughs) Jim's Thursday evening very credible draw away at Fylde. Wembley now beckons, but a big job to do first. The dust has settled on Saturday. Just give us your take on the game. Yeah, it was a difficult game. Um, I think the the atmosphere our fans created and the energy the players put in it made it an engaging game, but not not a game where it was top quality football. Um, I thought we did more than enough to, to earn the draw. I thought we showed glimpses of our potency um, from both set plays and from from raids and attacks on the flank. So disappointed we didn't work to keep a more or score um, because that would have put uh, a nice gloss on what was a really good performance. But um, we sit here now um, with that game scratched off, a two-legged semi-final now becomes a one-legged semi-final, a standalone game. And what a great game to have here at Edgley Park. It's been, our season's got, been growing over the last four months and now we're getting to a point where uh, this is a game of another level in terms of not just the opposition, the, the drama, but also the prize that can be won. Does it give you confidence knowing that we went to file the team in the division above, the team doing well in the division above, 
and we didn't get turned over. If anything, Kelsey were the better team. They were shading possession. They were creating more chances. Does that give you confidence now that we can take this take this all the way? Certainly, yeah. Our players um, must have taken something out of the game, but I'm also warning them that the conditions probably um, debilitated some of uh, Files A game. Uh, you know, they want to pass the ball. They want to move it quickly. Uh, I think we got a good measure of them. Uh, they've got a good measure of us. Um, it'd be a tight, tense affair. I thought when their manager put in his programme notes, the two good football sides with loads of goals, it was going to be a high-scoring game. I thought was probably a little bit off the mark in terms of how teams might want to just, you know, nobody had to go gung-ho to win this game. Um, I think Saturday's game will be a better footballing contest because not just the pitch, the weather, and also the players will probably play with a little bit more freedom now. Um, so it's a it's a really tense game, but I'm sure that now after playing them there, having done what we've done, we still have to be on our guard. But we certainly um, are confident that we could, we're more than a match for them, and that if we take our chances and play to our strengths, that we've got a chance of winning this game. If it wasn't a tough enough test, uh, a standalone filed, the conditions made it even more difficult. Admittedly, it's the same for both sides. But does it give you? Uh, another reason to believe that your players can cope with what challenges are put in front of them. The fact that, they, you know, a couple of times we were talking about how the corner flag was pretty much lying down um, because of the, the wind on it. Does it give you a belief in your players that they they can they can take on anything that comes their way? Yeah, I think uh, if I'd have to have a look at the corner flags because they've obviously got the bending aspect in them and if the wind's strong enough, it'll just bend. I mean, got of the old-fashioned wooden ones with a flag <laughs> on them um, that actually stand upright. Um it affected Sam Walker the first half, and I think um, I think Norton tried to take one. I don't know what happened, but they didn't even enter the pitch uh, bizarrely. So, um, and and the circumstances of the game was quite strange because there was a breeze blowing down the pitch, but because of the way the stand was positioned, it was swirling at, at different areas, and you could see the effect on that at different stages with crosses and shots. But um, look, it, wind's always a difficult condition for teams to play good football in. And that's why I said before, the game was engaging because there was the drama, the energy in the game, the fans, the atmosphere. But it wasn't a game where you could really see both teams playing their brand of football that they want to play. And I think that come Saturday, the weather forecast is fine. The pitch will be playable, lovely surface that we're going to have here at Edgley Park. It's going to be a different type of game where I feel that we're going to have to be... Uh, my concern for our players, um, maybe it was the conditions, maybe it was the tense tenseness of the game but we have to take better care of the ball um, we, when, when we took care of the ball and started attacks properly we looked a real threat and there was other times where I thought we were wasteful so I think we have to take better care of the ball I think we have to be mindful of our tactics and the layers that we'll need because we might be winning the game we might be drawing we might be losing and we have to be able to adjust ourselves to be um, aggressive and then also absorb the opposition so uh, I think the players are well equipped in that. Um, we've got Frank Mulhern back now in the squad as well, so we know we've got some great attacking options to to add to our uh, a team that I thought did a very professional job on Saturday. We've spoken throughout the season about the FA Trophy. Is it a distraction? Do you use Wembley as an incentive? And you know, it's all kind of looking down the line, if you like. Whereas now, it is literally ninety minutes away. Potentially, it's within it's within touching distance. When you're going through your tactics with the players, do you see any change in the way they take they they approach training because they're so close now they're so close to it. 
you, in a sense, I guess, have to keep their minds focused, or is it already there? Well, we, we've had lots of big games already. You know, as I said, the last four months, I mean, we've, we've gone to Yeovil, uh, we've gone to Barnet, we've gone to Harrogate, we've gone to Maidstone away on the midweek, and we've gone to Fylde. So the lads have um, understood the importance of certain games. They understand, I think they, uh, as my advice is always, that, you know, you play the game, not the occasion. Uh, look after the game. Play your part in the game plan. Play your part in what we're trying to achieve as a footballing team. And the occasion <clears> result looks after itself. So uh, the players are trained absolutely the same. It's been great having Monday, Tuesday and Thursday this week to prepare, recover, go through uh, some aspects of our game in a little bit more detail, which I think, like I said, is giving us layers that we'll need in this game. Um, but I don't think the lads' mentality has been every different. They, they trained brilliant again tonight like they do every Thursday. It's always a bit more enjoyable on Thursday because it's speed-related and finishing-related. And um, the standard was really high today. Squad looks strong, looks in good form. Um, and maybe the competition and, and, and the drive to get in the 16 made the tempo a little bit higher tonight. But uh, I think, um, you know, we, we're in great shape going into this game and and also Tuesday night game against Ashton and Darling. So, um, but one big game at a time. Saturday's game's massive. The lads um, have, like I said, played these big games over the course of the season and uh, they've got to the point now where this one-off game has the biggest prize you can imagine for a player. So um, I've been in their, their boots. Um, fortunately, scored the goal to sent us to Wembley the first time. So, look, the, the, we, this club's got a great tradition, great history. We create some great memories for our fans. We put uh, the pride back in the club and the town over the years. And, and our players have a real chance of doing that again this season. I do want to speak to you about the league in just a moment. By this time next week, we will be back into league action, whatever happens on Saturday. But just one more question about the weekend and, and filed in particular. If I could put you in the filed shoes for a moment, how would you approach this game? You're coming up against a team doing very, very well in the division below. On paper, you should be winning. You should be the favourite. You're the higher level opposition. You've got a second bite of the cherry. How would you approach this game from a filed perspective? It's oh, a tough question. Um, we anticipate that they'll they'll play their their way. Um, uh, I've watched them home and away, and I don't think there's any discernible difference. Although statistically there is a difference between their home performances and away performances, um, but that might be to do to travel um, and the intensity of games when you you're down in London or on a Tuesday night away from home. Uh, but I, I'd imagine that they'll they'll play what they play. They'll the goalkeeper will be looking to play out, they'll be looking to get the full-back side, they'll be looking to rotate the midfielders and get the wingers in, they'll be trying to feed the ball into Danny Rowe to get shots off. They, they've got their short corner routines, they've got their free-kick routines, they've got their throwing routine. Uh, uh, they, they've been doing that, not just this season, but for the last three or four seasons, and the players come in, play their way. So I don't think they'll be uh, approaching the game any differently than they did Saturday or the game previous to that. Um, what they have to be mindful, obviously, like ourselves, is 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 how to manage the game when you're winning or how to to change the game when you're losing because this isn't a game you can let uh, see through with just one style of play. I think it's going to be uh, a highly entertaining game, a really engaging game for 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 any fan. Um, and like I said, for for both sets of players and both both clubs, it's a, a fantastic prize at the end of this uh, game. 
on to league action then. There's been a lot of activity while County have been out in the FA Trophy business. Um, spending more, I'm sure you've seen their results, two positive results from a County perspective, not so much uh, from a Moors. Uh, and of course, Ashton on Tuesday is a game, with all due respect to Ashton, you might fancy more than a, uh, an away trip to Boston or something to come back into league fixtures. How have you seen the activity in the league? Um, it's, it's been a difficult one, um, you know, because obviously there was the, the midweek games that were called off. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you're always a bit concerned when you've got two weekends uh, where you're occupied in the FA <clears> Trophy <throat> and then you think to yourself that all these teams are going to be playing two, possibly three games in this period and you could find yourself dropping down and then there's that psychological barrier of having to kind of win those games in hand and get back in the hunt for the top spot. Um, from our perspective, um, obviously we've got to keep our focus on number one um, and the, the result, it's a strange one for Spenny Moore because this is this is the danger for us, I guess, is that when you have that defeat and it stops a good run of form, it's about getting back to those basics and getting back to the things that work hard for you, uh, work well for you. And I think uh, I, I was as surprised as anybody to see spending more after our defeat to, to drop further points in the next three games. Um, but I wouldn't write them off. I think there's a there's a hell of a battle on uh, for third, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh and uh, the league is really hotting up. Uh, we're sat in a nice position, um, but it'll only be a nice position if we get back to winning games uh, and that, that process will start Tuesday night. And I think the challenge for us is not to look at Ashton as a winnable game as such and a team that's struggling for form or uh, on paper a game you should win. We've got to show them the respect of a team that's beaten Chorley 1-0, a team that's desperate for points. They just need one, two, three points to get back in the hunt to stay in this division. So they'll be fighting two for now for every ball um, and they'll be smarting from the last time we played them when we beat them 6-0. So... Their tactics might be a little bit more tight, solid. We'll have a, a very emotional, draining game on Saturday for a lot of our players. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of work for, for me as manager and we staff to do psychologically in terms of preparing us from Saturday to Tuesday. But um, at the moment, we're, we've got that in the back of our minds, but the forefront of our minds make, is, is at the moment is preparing uh, as much as we can for every eventuality on Saturday. We've got... Um, the way we set up, the way we go about the first 20 minutes, the way we want to manage the game, um, what happens if we're winning, what happens if we're losing, what happens if the game goes to extra time, who's the penny taker. There's so many aspects at the forefront of our mind at the moment that uh, I'm glad uh, I'm certainly not distracted and I'm certainly not going to be distracted by the league for this game because this game as on its own is, is the most important game of our season. Just on that psychological evaluation then, if you like, of the players, were you approach Tuesday any differently depending on if if County win or lose on Saturday in effect it, like you say there it could be emotionally draining it I think it will be um, it could be a last gasp winner and everyone's elated and, and, and spirits are really high or touch wood it could go the other way uh, and, and we could be all devastated and down and dumped do you have to approach Tuesday differently depending on how Saturday goes um yeah, I think we have to see how players respond. Um, we don't know if we have players injured. We don't know whether players will be exhausted. Um, you know, the one thing that we, we're sat here, uh, if we look at the team that started against Fylde, that we still we have players like Ian Ormson, Dan Cowan, Lewis Baines, Paul Turnbull, Matty Warburton, Frank Mulhern, all available to freshen us up 
Um, it's something that we've done in the weeks pr- up to over the course of the Maidstone games, and it worked really well for us. So we, you know, we we have a good array of players who will be desperate to play and start games for us, along with those that uh, we try to manage and see who's, you know, we we know from the stats who's the good recoverers. Uh, who's the consistent players from Saturday to Tuesday, who can take a certain level of work on a Saturday and we know that they can do the same work on a Tuesday. So we've been well armed with the um, with the, the GPS tracking stuff and, and the work that we do. So um, we won't really know Tuesday's team until we evaluate Saturday and see how everybody is on Monday. But um, I'm sure that we'll, although we'll have some tired lads some lads who will be buzzing maybe. We just don't know how they're going to be. But we certainly got um, a pick of 16 and 17 very good professionals that I would trust no matter what happens on Saturday. We'll come in on Tuesday and be raring to go in terms of what we want to achieve in the league. Just finally, I say this most weeks, but it does feel a little bit more uh, worthwhile, I suppose, this week with the, the prospect of Wembley being on the horizon. What message do you give to the fans going into this fixture? Look, it, it's a it's a brilliant game. Um, any of our fans who've been at Burnley or playoff semi-finals or area finals will, will know how dramatic these games can be. And I'm sure the buzz is around the town. It has been for the last three months. It's built up. We had a fantastic fan base that went to Yeovil and then Barnet. Um, we had a fantastic following at Fylde. They're all going to be here, uh, plus everybody that loves Edgy Park and the drama of Edgy Park. All I've ever wanted was excitement here, drama here, and to bring uh, fans out and getting behind a team they can be proud of. And I've certainly, I believe we're going to see that on Saturday. Plus, we're going to see two good football sides going hell for leather to try and get a place at Wembley. And there's no better price for players. And it'd be a fantastic price for our club because we're starting to stir not just the, fa- the town and the, and, and the club, but everybody around us has taken notes of what's happening there. And it's great to see because... I'm proud the day I came in and three years later to to be on the brink of an opportunity to take this team to Wembley and to take it back to the next level. Uh, I couldn't be any prouder. It's our co-host Martin Johnson's birthday today, Jim. Let's hope it's a good birthday present for him on Saturday. All the very best. Well, happy birthday to him and hopefully we'll give him that great present come Saturday. Thanks, Jim. So, Chris, yes, as as you were saying, we will, you know, God, the football gods willing, be uh, on a trip to Wembley, and this is going to be one hell of a podcast if that happens. We'll be doing, we'll have all kinds of extra content, so that's going to be fantastic. But um, realistically, having looked at the way filed were, stopping Danny Rowe, number one objective on Saturday. <clears throat> yeah, I, I spoke to one of the players in the tunnel after the game on Saturday. And um, as, as to keep tactical cards close to my chest, I won't say who that player was. But I asked said player, what was it like playing against Danny Rowe? The, the, the man that's feared and revered uh, amongst the lower levels of football. His name has been spoken about in high levels of football. He just not made that move. I think he could have. Uh, I think the opportunity would have presented itself if he had made himself available. For one reason or another, he never did. So he never did. Um, you look at him now... And he's this guy who doesn't do much. A little bit like a Luke Beckett used to be at Stockport County. One of these players that doesn't really offer much to the team as a whole. 
But when you give him the ball in the right position, he can make a goal happen. Now, for what it's worth, I think Danny Rose probably got a bit better feet than Luke. He can drop deeper than Luke Beckett used to, and he can make things happen from um, midfield. Sometimes you see Danny Rose played as a number 10. I doubt you ever would have seen Luke Beckett playing in that position, for example. Uh, but I asked this player for, from the Stockport County ranks, what was it like playing against Danny Rowe? And the term that he said to me was, you were forever looking over your shoulder. You could not take your eye off him for one minute. Because if you take your eye off him for one minute, and if he then steps a few yards away from you and the ball plonks down at his feet and he smashes it home 1-0 and fouled going to Wembley, you won't be forgiven. So that that's how serious these players take him. This guy is a menace. He's a threat. He's not their only menace. He's not their only threat. But boy, if he scores past you uh, and someone is has let him drift, then there is, there's, there's going to be trouble. So uh, no play, the players are all far too professional, far too wise to let that happen. But that doesn't take his threat away from him. He's a phenomenal player. He's one who will have a bit of a point to prove, I think, on Saturday when he comes back to Stockport County. Uh, and that, for me, makes him dangerous. But at the same time, you've got to think that the players are going to want this more than anything on Saturday. I know this is a promotion... Uh, campaign that we are in the middle of I know that that is the ultimate goal but when you ask a player on the morning of a semi-final where the, where the, the winner gets to go to Wembley what is your biggest focus right now they are going to tell you that it's that game I would say the semi-final of, of any trophy really you know even the Jesha Senior Cup you're playing the morning of a semi-final you could be winning a cup potentially but you're right and you add Wembley to that mix and we often talk about um, players getting um, getting up for games, getting getting motivated, and the you know we've said it before. We've said it a few times this season. We we said it for certain games last season, but there can't be many bigger matches than that the, that squad there has played in. To the chance to go out, a realistic chance with a team that you know is playing well, a manager who believes in you, a team that's absolutely flying in the league. So you've got everything, every ounce of belief is going to be justified. You, know, you, you can't really have been in many situations like that. So, 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 so think, of it, think of it like this at this game. Away goals do not count. So we've not missed a trick by not scoring at Fylde. We've got the home crowd behind us. Now, you've been there, I've been there. All, every single player has been there around the club at Edgeley Park after a victory. Um, be it a scruffy, scrappy 1-0 on a Tuesday night against a team you should be thumping or be it a 5-0 against a, a really impressive team. It's an unrivaled atmosphere. Then you spill out onto Edgeley afterwards and all the fans are there, you know, waiting to greet you and people buying each other drinks and whatever. It's just, it's, it's just brilliant. If we can, If those players can win a game like this on Saturday and propel that feeling into a, hey lads, we're going to Wembley, then personally, I will buy every single <laughs> member of that playing staff and coaching staff, I'll buy them all a beer separately to say thank you very, very much because the town and the club cherishes memories uh, like this, cherishes memories. You ask any county fan, what was your best memory of the last 10, 15 years? All of them will say, Wembley, when, when Jim, Gannon took, uh, Jim Gannon took us there last time. Now, okay, there's not been a lot of other memories to compare it to, but it shows the point that that, that memory is treasured. That memory is, is, is absolutely cherished. And I think if, if you can be the guy that makes everyone dream, 
then this weekend we're in for something really, really special. And, and while you're on that point, just um, a couple of weeks ago you were out in Edgeley and a lot of people came up to you and were very complimentary about this podcast and were slapping you on the back and wanting to get involved in stuff. So a big thank you to all those. You know, this is why we do it. We do it for you guys. We don't get paid any money for this. So it really means a lot to, to know that people are out there and enjoying this. So thanks for that. Who? So before we look ahead then, just look back one more time you had a question about goalkeepers first before you choose the man from the game okay so against filed and this is a question let's put it out there uh to the the millions of people listening i'll tell you what i think but yeah we'll put it out there as well uh, recent polls say over 30 million people listen to this (laughs) podcast every week so that's a pretty good sample base so let's put it out to them to both goalkeepers at the weekend made extremely good saves one in the first half of the first few minutes in fact and one in the last few minutes um two saves that you would deem as match winning saves had the attacking player not been ruled offside when the chance was taken now the goalkeepers in both scenarios didn't know were none the wiser that player been given offside so my question to you martin and to the 30 Five million listeners that we have gone up by five million (laughs) in like two seconds. You can do that when you're making the figures. (laughs) Uh, To the forty million people who are listening, is a save a world class save if the striker was deemed offside, even if the keeper didn't know about it? Yes, and I'll tell you for why: because of the effect that it has on the goalkeeper and the team, because they then, you know. The, the, the confidence the team gets from that and the confidence the goalkeeper gets from that, he feels as big as the goal. And goalkeeping is about, you know, once you've, you know, you, you know you're fit enough and you're big enough and you're strong enough, goalkeeping is about one thing, it's about confidence. So, yeah, absolutely. That's my view. Yeah, I think uh, I'm inclined to agree. Um, I think it works the other way. If you score a world-class goal not knowing you were offside and then it's given offside, it's a... Uh, it's a gut punch. I was going to use a different um, phrase then, but it's um, yeah, it's a gut punch. But if you can make that save, that just reinforces that that self confidence and, and radiates the rest of your team. And I think I think that kind of showed the fact that it was nil nil with both keepers making saves of that quality of that caliber. Um, okay, it wouldn't have counted anyway. But the fact that the defenses feel a little bit more comfortable then. Um, and that you know they don't want to put their keeper under that kind of pressure again. I think it raises everybody's game. But tell us, yeah, tell us what you think. Get involved in Twitter on Live SCFC or uh, on Mixcloud where this <clears throat> this podcast lives now. Let us know what you think about the effect of a world class save that doesn't mean anything or a world class goal that is cancelled. Um, so who was the man in the match? Ben Hinchliffe, um, because he. I feel I'm going to give it him for a couple of reasons. I don't feel he's been given the praise uh, that he's warranted this season it, I know listen on the radio we speak about him every week and he's brilliant he's fantastic and he, he truly is an incredible keeper um, but the fact that he made that quality calibre of save in the dying moments which essentially could have been the difference had that have gone in and had it have stood you know a lot of ifs and buts but had all that had happened that could have been the difference in us not going to Wembley um, so it was a really tough game I thought the whole team deserved uh, immense credit but I, th- I, th- I just think Ben Hinchliffe keeping a clean sheet in the divi- against a team in the division above who are one of the top scorers in the division of the division above and in the playoffs uh, deserves a special merit there Absolutely and so looking forward to Saturday 
do you see the same setup? Do you see the same team? Do you see, you know, obviously the probably one minus was Naubel missing a couple. Will that have an effect on the way the team well, lines up? What I do you think? So I spoke to Niall after the game as well. And it's it's always difficult speaking to anyone who's had a moment like that in the game where they've had the opportunity to make a difference and haven't taken it for whatever you know whatever that difference may have been in his case you know two chances quick succession he's powered one at the keeper he's put one wide had he had his time again he might have taken an extra touch he might have had you know half a yard whatever um but he was so upbeat and so confident and that comes with his attitude of he's a young raw talent you know he doesn't he doesn't go home i don't think he does doesn't go home and beat himself up about this you know i i very much doubt and i hope he didn't keep himself up all night tossing and turning you know what if what if what if and even if we lose on saturday and we don't go to wembley and you know all this is all this conversation is in vain i still hope he doesn't because he's got such immense uh, opportunity and potential within him uh, that I want him to know that the whole of Stockport was behind him, is still behind him, um, and wish him the best again this Saturday. I'm not going to make him the one to watch, though. OK, who's you want to watch? I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I can't see him but being that kind of player, uh, having that effect. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure nobody in the dressing room kind of, yeah. you know, batted an eyelid. It's 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 part of the game, you know. It's, uh, you know, if you... What you shank one off your knee when you're a defender and it goes for a throw-in, it's a completely different thing, isn't it? You know, so I'm sure it's it's not even an issue. But who was who? Who are you going to be keeping an eye on on Saturday? So I've cheated in the past and I've said whoever plays number nine is the one to watch. Be it Frank, be it Nile. I'm going to cheat again today and whoever's the number ten is the one to watch for me because Elliot Osborne has been playing that number ten role in the last couple of weeks and for what it's worth, I think he's been terrific. I think his play on the ball, I think his movement off the ball, the way he drops, the way he spreads the play, the way he does everything is incredible. What he doesn't do, though, is he doesn't get the goals Matty Warburton gets. So when the argument is, well, we need a goal, do you play someone who is capable of shooting from 30-odd yards and scoring an absolute world-class goal, or do you pick someone who's going to get the ball in the right area more often and, and make it happen? So... I can't answer that question. I've just asked it. I can't answer that my own question because I feel there is more than just a one-word well, answer. Well, maybe the answer is we're not going to Wembley unless we score a goal. That, so yeah. you know that a goal goals have to be sco- a goal or goals will have to no, be scored on Saturday. I completely agree. But um, I, I came across a term once that I thought was a little bit over the top. But the more I think about it, the more it, it makes sense. It was talking about Meza Özil. Um, and his assists record at Arsenal. Now we both know, which is phenomenal. He's, you know, he's. Um, we both know he's a bit of a marmite player. Some weeks he can turn it on and look absolutely untouchable, uh, and some weeks he, he looks like he's lazy. And the game's passing by. Now, in no way am I comparing Elliot Osborne to that, and in no way am I saying they're even similar styles of player because they're not. But the stat that I noticed that I thought was a bit over the top was they were talking about Mesut Özil's pre-assists at Real Madrid the fact that his assists count was high but his pre-assists were so and that's the you know if you if you can't work it out the pre-assist is the the passage of getting the ball to the person who then gives it to the scorer uh, and he had a phenomenal now if you're Elliot Osborne you're thinking well I've made 20 goals happen this season I don't know what if they are the stats I, I, I don't I'm, I'm if you if you're capable of making that many goals but you don't score you only score three or four is that more valuable than someone who scores 15 goals 
listen, the manager's going to have a tactical plan. We've got huge faith in him, and I think you know we've kind of spun off a little bit of who's the one to watch. The one to watch ultimately is whoever plays that number ten role. I think whoever does play it will say a lot about how Jim Gannon is going to approach the game. Does he feel Fylde are there for the taking? So go at him, pop shots off, get Matty Warburton pulling the trigger every opportunity, uh, and then have a Frank Mulhern or an Al Bell just finishing any any rebounds or you know any food that comes his way. Just just pop, put it off, put it pop it away. Or do you go for Elliot Osborne and outplay them? Because believe me, on Saturday, Martin County outplayed Fylde. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a tough one, as you say. You can see merits in in absolutely both. The one thing that can be assured, it's going to be an absolutely cracking day at Edgeley Park. So <clears throat> if you haven't got a ticket. Get one, be, get down there. It's going to be a massive crowd as well. It's going to be a massive crowd. It's going to be bouncing. Um, two great teams um, playing for a place at Wembley. And if you can't get down there, make sure you tune in to Mr John Keir and Mr Chris Ridgway on Imagine 104.9 FM this Saturday. Now it's time for this. <laughs> I still feel we haven't cracked the theme tune. <clears throat> Hockey yeah, but... escapade. I think people like the uh, you know the amateurish <laughs> nature of this. You know, I think the uh, the 75 million people who are listening at the moment like the uh, like the the amateurish nature of this. Okay, so, so this is your Cheetah Legend. Cheetah Legend. Chris, tell us about the Cheetah Legend this week. You see, every week you skip a step. We have to confirm who last week. Oh, was. sorry, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last week's was John Jeffers. Uh, absolutely JJ. massively yeah, JJ <laughs> uh, massive well played to the people who got that because I thought no chance they're not going to get it uh, and they went and did so congratulations this week you're not going to get it those people who always get it they're the same few people who message us every week with the right answer you, this week you're not going to get it shall we begin let's begin so today our uh, cheetah legend We'll look back at his career that started in 1989 at Louth United. Ever heard of them? Louth, yeah, it's near, it's in Lincolnshire. Yeah, we spoke about them the other week because someone else played there. Oh, right, okay. I know that because it tells me I've already clicked it on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, right. Louth United, he played there for 1989 to 1990 and has no stats. He then moved to Derby County, the second biggest county club of his career. He played seven times for Derby County, scoring one goal between the years of 1990 to 1994. It was 1994, Martin, that his career took off. Really took off. It was 1994 he fulfilled a boyhood dream of moving to Stockport County. That young lad from Lyle United finally got the move he desired all his career to Stockport County. He played 43 times for the Hatters. He scored six really goals into this, between <laughs> 1994 and 1996. He then moved to Wrexham in 1996, where he played 184 times, scored 13 goals. He left Wrexham in 2002, where he moved to Rill, where there is no stats for him. It is there, according to Wikipedia, his journey ended. So let's go down the stats one more time. Louth United, don't know. Derby County, seven games, one goal. Stockport County, 43 games, six goals between 94 and 96. 96, he moved to Wrexham, 184 games, 13 goals. 2002, moves to Rill, don't know. Who is the Cheetah legend? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Let it as... I said, always get involved in the Cheetah Legend on Twitter or on Mixcloud and have a fantastic day on Saturday. Chris, thanks. Cheers. <laughs>